The other one that really tickled me, Matt, and I can't believe you didn't kind of pick up and pick it up and run with it, although it was towards the end of the, the chat, was um, planning to catch up with Peter when next time he's in Brisbane and for him to say, oh, I used to I used to always go to archive, but I've, I've found that it's got a bit too enthusiastic, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was just a beautiful, and it does show, I guess, how, how you know, as, as some venues grow, they do take on a, a very different sort of persona based on, you know, uh, what, what keeps the till ticking over, I guess. Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cryomalt. With over 25 years in the field, Cryomalt are dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner and they are proud sponsors of this. And this is Brews News Week, in which we don the mask, sanitise our hands and take a good hard look at the news, the views and the issues that have popped up on our radar in the past seven days in beer. Also in beer and in our Brisbane studios... Uh, the founder and editor of Australian Brews News and his keen pup reporter with a nose for news. He's the Perry White to her Lois Lane. It's Matt Kierkegaard and Claire Burnett. <laughs> G'day, Matt. G'day, Claire. It's getting towards Thank the end you. of the year. I just thought, I just need a flourish. But, uh, you know, you, Our you, listeners you need do. something to be entertained. But I was going to say, yeah, cub reporter is diminishing Claire's value to this enterprise. But I did oh, notice. Oh, okay. I said pup. <laughs> pup. Oh, pup. Oh, pup. Okay. Um, but I, I did notice you said our studios plural because we are reporting from uh, two studios in Brisbane this week. <laughs> Why would that be, Matt? Um, I'm in isolation. I'm in ISO. I'm in self-isolation, lockdown, quarantine. Did you load up with uh, beer and canned food uh, before going into lockdown? No, but any minute now, there is going to be my first ever Woolworths uh, home delivery. Um, oh, excellent! So, yeah, I'm surprised it, you didn't raid it for the toilet roll before you went in. I was, I'll be like honest, I'd like, I'd, at the start of the first lockdown way back in May, I bought the only thing that I could get. Like I didn't stock up on toilet paper, but I could only get like a 56 roll and uh, given I largely still live going. alone. Yeah, so I'm still on the tail end of that. So You must um, have had a great Halloween. It. You must have been TPing <laughs> every neighbour's house. <laughs> But uh, yeah, look at it. And it so I mean, for, for the listeners who are playing at home, and I, I teased it a little bit. Well, I sort of mentioned a little bit on my uh, conversation this week. But uh, two weekends ago, I was in um, Adelaide for the weekend. Um, flew back at six o'clock on the Monday morning, and with everything that's going on this week, the Queensland government has you know put the lockdown, thrown up the the, the, the Great Wall, and set the arbitrary deadline of midnight on the 9th of November as the time that, uh, you know, if you came back, you have to self-isolate. And I was on a six o'clock flight, spent next to no time in Adelaide itself. I was sort of out of uh, Adelaide in the uh, Adelaide Hills and places around there. Um, But, you know, it's been really interesting to see the feedback that I've got. You know, like I've had to cancel something I was planning on doing this weekend um, and had to sort of try and offload the tickets to that. And, you know, people go, oh, surely you can do that. You know, like it's only... And you sort of go, well, look, Yes, it's unfair. Yes, I'm a very low risk. But there are arbitrary inconsistent deadlines and things as the government does its very best to make things work. And you know what? I have to suck it up. You know, so I can't go to the Indies launch tonight or the Indies um, tonight um, where I was hosting down at uh, hosting the Queensland party down at Sea Legs. All mm-hmm. sorts of things. But we're in this together. Yes, I'm being incon- inconvenienced. But, you know, suck it up because there are much as we see in Adelaide there are much bigger things at play and we need to be careful and you um tested negative did you not Matt yes I did tested negative all of those sorts of things did you pull the don't you know who I am no (laughs) 
<laughs> you should have done that. Would have been amazing. <laughs> well, no, because Mate, if they let Tom Hanks in, they'd let Matt Kierkegaard in. That's no, all I'm saying. No, because you know You're something. Pe- people people don't know who I am. Believe it or not. <laughs> Hey, hey, although that said, um, I, I had some tickets to a navigation course. I was going to be camping way out in the in, in the bush with a very small group of people, and someone said, "Well, you're basically isolating out there." And uh, I said, "No, champ. You know, I don't want to be the person who introduces it through that little cluster." Um, but the person that bought the tickets said, "Oh, look, you know, I had to find somebody else to take the ticket." And they follow you on Instagram. And so I'm going, shit, somebody does know who I am. So just one of those bizarre little Celeb. things. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, it's a very, very small <laughs> fish in a very, very small pond. And uh, sending our love and uh, raising a beer virtually to our, all our friends in uh, South Australia. The, the six days said, seriously, it'll fly. Absolutely. And look, you know, and that's the thing. And you see how quickly these things spread, feel, you know, very... Heart, you know, heart goes out to all of the businesses that are now going through that again. Um, but, you know, I, I, hopefully they, they get through this and, you know, we, we can stamp it out. And uh, big ups too and a, a raise of the glass to whoever the, um, the, the single clever bureaucrat or politician who um, noticed that uh, bottle shops weren't on the list originally and very quickly changed that. Oh, good said. Did did you see on social media somebody posted, um, you know, one bottle one bottle shop um, said yeah. that their normal Wednesday was maybe three thousand dollars trade and they'd yeah. done thirty five thousand on the day. <laughs> <laughs> and hadn't even finished it, yet had it. <laughs> you wouldn't want to get there late, would you? And just get oh, jeez, like the, the last case of Bluey or <laughs> a six pack of six month old Bitburger or. Actually, I might follow up. That's a good little story. You know, what were the first things to go? You know, what was the toilet paper of beer? That's your proper IRI data (laughs) right there. But what went for it? Well, at the beginning, they were saying like all the value stuff, you know, the big, big packs, cheap stuff. And then everyone was like, okay, we don't want to spend two or three months drinking this. And so I think they got back to normal stuff. And, and hopefully our um, friends in the brewing caper over there uh, are able to activate, particularly the ones who have had to close down um, hospitality venues, uh, are able to pivot very quickly and get beer out online. Um, hopefully the the lessons of the past, of the, the very recent past, stand them in good stead to, um, I, I guess, you know, capitalise on, on the opportunity that arises. And look, just as I'm sitting here with the chat room sort of open, just to keep an eye out, but uh, Jason Harris, um, oh, sorry, the, not the chat room. I don't want people thinking, how come I'm yeah. in the chat room? The Radio Bruce I, I didn't News, know where the chat room. Um, uh, group. Um, yeah, uh, Jason to, Harris from Big, Big Shed Brewing Concern. Yeah, uh, who obviously are affected by this. Um, he mm-hmm. posted last night uh, to, hit, to his page, you know, that's, that's that then, go home, be safe. Don't be a dick to those that are still serving and supporting the community. Remember what's important. Hashtag let's kick this. Um, and then something that we can't say um, on a family-friendly um, <laughs> radio. So, And that's the, the attitude. Yep. Did you Raw. say that they also went down and raided the local pizza joint and bought up a heap of pizzas and delivered them themselves to the COVID testing centre for I the uh, staff and everything? Oh, look, oh they, that's lovely. You know, and, and that's... So that, they, they did make a big deal of it and that sort of thing. It was just one of those let's post a photo sort of thing mm-hmm. but it, it, that's you know one of those positives that comes out of something like this okay. you go um you know there's good blokes and shit blokes and the good blokes will always um unfortunately don't always get the uh 
the attention. And again, it's not beer related, but you know that same mindset. Seeing the statement that came out from the South Australian opposition yesterday, basically saying this isn't a political issue. We support this. You're not going to hear any carping from us. And you know, look, you can dispute whether masks are effective. You know, there's a whole lot of conversations that are going on. But you know what? At the end of the day. We need to get rid of it, and we're all in this together. And it's things like when your business shuts down, sending a pizza to the COVID people, and the opposition leader who was being starved of oxygen still, you know, hopefully he's being celebrated for this. So yeah, no thoughts. You know, anyway, it's a beer podcast, uh, but you know, celebrations where cel- you know, congratulations where it's all due. First story: big moves for Mighty Craft. Mighty Craft, the artist formerly known as Founders First, last week <laughs> announced several business changes as a result of its more conservative approach. Uh, which has been prompted by COVID-19. The Craft Accelerator said it had secured the option to move to a majority stake in one of its best performing breweries, that being Slipstream Brewing Co., taking it from a 45% to a 61% share. It also announced that it had made the decision to cancel plans for uh, Jetty Road down on the Mornington Peninsula to move into South Melbourne. Instead, it'll be opening a new venue in the Victorian holiday destination of Lawn. In its statement to the ASX, Mighty Craft said the decision reflected the reality that COVID is presenting a number of opportunities in the venue space that are lower risk and require less capital to achieve the same outcome mm-hmm. so that, that's that interesting was interesting one. yeah the jetty road one caught my eye because um the south melbourne site that was going to cost them in total 3.5 million and the setup cost for lawn $165,000. so even in normal times that sounds like a an acceptable move um yeah. would you so- pay 300 grand to get out of something <laughs> you know? well yeah that's it. well south I melbourne mean, versus yeah, lawn is a very interesting juxtaposition as well uh yeah, south melbourne is probably like? not particularly well served for um for breweries i think uh, now you've got Westside side works is out that way um you've got colonial obviously reasonably nearby in port melbourne but in terms of south melbourne itself it's You've got well, Matt and I. You and I, one of our favourite haunts, the Palace Hotel, and there's a, there, there are a few others around there that are as good. Um, but they're those little kind of community pockets. There's not really, and, and anyone who's been to South Melbourne, um, unless you're there at about five a.m. in the morning or um, twelve o'clock at night, it's it's a hard place to drive around to park. It's it, it's not all that pleasant. Um, Lawn, I think, is. Um, a little bit like Torquay in that it's on the on the on the grow in terms of um, as Melbourne has grown, people are now realizing I can go and live in Geelong, buy a house uh, that's a much cheaper than than living in Melbourne, and with the freeway, commute forty minutes an hour, whatever it might be, uh, you know, into into the city or Port Melbourne or wherever it might be. Um, with working from home, I think they perhaps sniffed the wind and thought, yeah, maybe people will move down. Um, you know, the ballerine down the surf coast to places like Lawn and work from home. And then, you know, you've got Anne Houlihan's uh, Great Ocean Road Gin is down that way as well. Okay. Or Anglesey, I think it is. But, yeah, uh, probably... tourism spot. Well, it, it has been, um, and it's really been... It's, it was like Phillip Island was, you know, 20 years ago where it was, you know, Sleepy Hollow for nine months, 10 months of the mm-hmm. year, and then come Christmas... Bang! Everyone comes down to their holiday house. Mm. What it means, um, what they've, what their business inside is, and what it means. We're sort of divining tea leaves at our end, but you know, it, it, it's certainly an interesting development when you've got you know the, the resources and the the business behind that making those sorts of decisions. Um, 
and uh, putting their uh, resources there. The other thing that I found interesting was um, Slipstream um, was mm. described as being, you know, one of the bigger ones in their group. Um, because yeah, which right. is amazing. Are they quiet achievers? Because that, that's the Very impression. Much. Yeah. I get. I've oh, never yeah. had a bad beer, but I, I, I only ever have them when, if Matt puts one in my hand. Like I, I don't yeah. kind of see it around. Uh, certainly not down this far south. Ian Watson's you know, great friend of mine, as I've, I've said, you know, got into did this And can brew a bit. Caper. Yeah, and can brew a bit. Um, and, you know, like he's <laughs> Mr Miyagi when it comes to anything, you know, um, beer-related. Um, he's one of those people Show who me just... sparge the malt. <laughs> no, 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 he's not Show Rain Man. He, 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 he's not the Rain Man of beer, but, you know, Mr Miyagi, you know, that sort of uh, inscrutable uh, master. How did you get Zen Rain master. Man out of that? Oh, didn't you? Oh, sorry. I thought, sorry. I just thought you were defaulting to your rain man. You know, he's a very good brewer. He's a very good brewer. Okay. Anyway. Okay. And uh, um, yeah. And um, but really, really good beers. But you know, when they started, it was one of those businesses that started really solid. And I, I again, I just observed that you know had the feeling that they never really had the capital to put on sales reps and you know all of all of that. And that with the ability that uh, Mighty Craft has given them has really seen their beer and their brand go to a wider audience and uh, the, the audience that it deserves. So, you know, between Ballistic and uh, Slipstream, there seems to be some really nice, healthy uh, competition for... Because for, mm-hmm. hasn't um, Ballistic... Do, have you guys been getting the, um, the the ads down there? Because they've actually been running ads this week and they've got the um, their, their no, big push what, on what we have been getting is uh, Ballistic in Dan's. mm well, Damn, yeah, mm, they've had a big push with their Hawaiian haze, and uh, you know yeah. it's their big national brand. So, it, it, yeah, it, it's really interesting to see. So, uh, yeah, Mighty Craft seems to be on a tear. Um, so, interesting yeah. to see where that ends up. It's interesting that, um, and and I asked Mark Hazen, the question CEO, um, founders, well, Mighty Craft now, not founders first, um, and obviously now they've changed their name. I thought maybe that was like a cheeky little opening to be like, well, we can just buy these businesses out outright and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's not in the name now, so they wouldn't be accused of uh, anything untoward. Um, but he even said, like, why would we bother? Like, why would we, they're doing such a good job. You know, we're happy to take more of a stake and we want to take more of a stake if they're happy to give that up. But we like them where they are. We like working with them and they're doing a really good job. So why would we take that on ourselves if they can do it? Um, so, yeah, I thought that was a really interesting attitude uh, especially considering the name change um just letting them have that that founders first approach um which they could have happily just changed and we would have probably had a moan about it but at the end of the day you know they can do what they want (laughs) (laughs) but it does echo too matt what we have said quite a bit and that is that um you know all the hype and all the great branding and all the sales reps on the ground or you know whoever it might be um is not nearly as important as pumping out really good core range of, of beers. And do they still do – please tell me they still do their Yering Billy your, your, no. Well, no, I, I, I believe that they've uh, brought out a, a German style. I haven't tried it yet, um, but, yeah, I believe that the Pilsner will be a bit more of a seasonal. And um, you know, as with breweries like Bolter and some of the other ones that have, uh, you know. They again, used to brew a really good Pilsner. That was a cracking Pilsner. Bolter, mm-hmm. if you're listening still. <laughs> Coming into summer, and they prompt. did say that it wasn't going to go away forever; that it would, might become a bit of a seasonal. But you know, they did. They, they, they promised. They, they promised. They promised. I never thought I'd say, Matt. Thank God for hawkers. <laughs> 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 Amazon. He's still brewing an absolute cracking pilsner. 
Well, Hamish is doing all the you know heavy lifting, but um, and, and interesting that they've changed to since they changed the um, the packaging and changed to a New Zealand uh, hop bill. Absolutely, just tearing it up. So hopefully that that stays. Well, look, maybe again, just to sort of talk because it's about us. No, it's not about us. But um, <laughs> one of the things that we're doing this week in our prize pack, in in the pack that we're sending out, in addition to a Deblu Bakes, um, we don't have any Brews News bottle openers, but I've got a I found a cache of beer mat ones. But one of the things that I've been really enjoying, um, and we're completely off script here, is I think I've mentioned in the past the hop water from uh, Heads of Noosa, and you know, with, with all of the talk about low alcohol. Um, if I want my little dose of hops and I still want something to drink that's refreshing and crisp and perfect for a summer's day but don't want any calories at all, I've really been enjoying the hop water. So just over the weekend, I sent the guys a text and just said, look, you know, guys, really been enjoying this hop water. You know, where can you get it? And also, um, you know, how's it going for you? And they said, look, you know, we're getting a really good uh, response um, but finding it very hard to get people to try it because it's hops and it's water and all of the hype is around. <laughs> and so I said, so look, if you don't mind sending us some, we will cover the postage of sending it out and we'll get it in people's hands and see what people think. So it's not a commercial thing. It's, you know, the people who do um, contact us and we like to say thank you for taking the time to review us or, um, you know, sending us an email each week. So I'm going to send out a bottle of hop water and, you know, if you like it, but only if you like it, don't, it's not commercial, it's not a thing. If you like it, help people find it if you don't like it you know give them the feedback um but and, and let me know particularly uh you know what what you think of it so um we we're going to do that and maybe we can spark a pilsner revolution by uh reaching out to muzzin and uh getting some of his pilsner in that kit as well um and brands that we you know things that we love so it's not a commercial thing it's not paid but things that we love we can help use our platform to to get it out there and be influencers in the genuine sense of the word Thoughts, Tim? Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guarantee. Yeah, yeah. Muzzle will be on board, definitely. Okay, there we I go. Can promise, so there you I can go. Promise he'll Send get us some an email stock. and you'll get some quality kit that we... further than the front door of the Casa del Pilsner. But, uh... <laughs> we we I'll, like I'll, it so I'll, much I'll, we plug the I'll company. <laughs> These aren't paid plugs. These are genuine, uh, you know. We're... No, it's news, Matt. It's news. I know. Speaking of news, it's a genuine endorsement. It's not a commercial thing. Happy birthday to Moo. Moo Brew. Still learning at 15. Uh, Tasmania's Moobrew is celebrating 15 years in business this month. Um, it's a busy month. The milestone comes after a testing year as the brewery faced internal changes which saw the departure of head brewer and general manager Dave McGill earlier this year after 14 years. Um, and it also faced challenges associated with COVID, especially in a place like Tasmania. Um, an advantage that uh, we've had compared to other states and territories is our smaller size. That's Lauren Shepherd, the GM. She was lovely, actually. Uh, we don't deal quite so much with the flood of breweries and microbreweries. We've got a group of about 20 down here, so we haven't had to elbow each other out of the way in quite the same way or struggle for a slice of what was available. We've got a good balance of breweries that have different models, scales uh, and customer bases. So there yeah. we go. So um, 15. Jeez, it seems... I know. Isn't that crazy? It's such an achievement, I think. It's not that many that get to 15. We think we did Gage Roads last year um, that managed to reach 15. And then you've got the older... Um, 
stalwarts, I guess. But yeah, 15 is a big one. Um, and I always consider Mubru very much like a not not saying that everyone else isn't modern, but very much a, a new newer brewery. But it's just not. It's been around there for ages. Um, and it was a really interesting chat with Lauren. Um, we talked about everything from, you know, how how they went to Cannes in 2017 and how she was really thankful that they did, because obviously, um, especially with COVID, you know, that was like a really smart move. And she was really grateful that they'd done that. And she didn't have to basically pivot in the middle of a um, crisis. Uh, and then we had a chat about um, the IPA um, situation, because obviously David Walsh, um, who I would love to meet one day. Has anyone ever met him? He sounds extremely eccentric um, and I would be a, a big is. fan. Yes, I would have thought so. And uh, he said he didn't like IPAs, so they were, they'd held off brewing them for so long. And then they finally introduced them and then they ended up winning medals and awards and things for it. Um, I, and she I was love like, that he's so finally caught up to it. Yeah, we'll put out an IPA when the rest of the world is putting it out. <laughs> I know, it was almost begrudgingly. It was like, oh, if we have to, even though like it's kind of commercial, it makes commercial sense really. But yeah, well, it was well, an well, interesting one. Da- David's head will absolutely fall off when somebody taps him on the shoulder and goes, hey, have you heard about hazies? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. Oh, God. So yeah. Milkshake was- IPA stouts. Yeah. Mm. Oh, God, don't. Don't tell him about them. Speaking of a very wide range of uh, interesting beers, Gabs launches their Summer Craft Beer Festival. Uh, this is pretty cool. After having to postpone all of the 2020 events due to the pandemic restrictions, um, the team that runs Gabs Festivals has announced the first ever Gabs Summer Craft Beer Festival Tour. Uh, the Gabs Summer Tour launches on the Sunshine Coast Stadium Foreshore Precinct on uh, Saturday the 2nd of January before moving on to the stunning Great Lawn at Broadwater Parklands on the Gold Coast on the 9th of January. These two events will inject a seven-figure investment into the local sector. Um, that's uh, a quote from the media statement from Gabs. And besides creating a platform for breweries, most of whom are small businesses, it also helps revitalise the multiple layers of the event supply chain, like infrastructure, venue hire, advertising, ticketing. Um, but it also uh, creates a lot of jobs for those in hospitality, security, and sadly, cleaning. Mm. And look, yeah, this has been something that's been cooked up for uh, a little while as, you know, the guys struggle to pivot in, in the event space because you can't just suddenly go, well, the borders, you know, the, the, the amount of warning people get for borders are open. So obviously when they saw that Queensland was um, open internally, fairly secure, um, and they could have the confidence, you know, they, they looked at how can we make that work. And, you know, I, I w- don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised. And, and incidentally, you heard it first when I spoke to um, Craig and Mike. Uh, a couple, they, they teased or they, they sort of hinted that something was coming. But, you know, I wonder whether this will be part of in addition to the full gabs, whether we won't see a bit of a, um, you know, summer craft beer festival rollout uh, caravan roadshow developed from this? It, it would certainly, I think, need to to have a point of difference. I think, the, you know, the gabs banner, um, like to sit under a product under the that heading, I, I think is great. But I think you don't want to, and I'm sure they don't, want to take away from what makes gabs gabs and, and have, you know, and that, that's kind of the middle of the year. Um, outdoors, obviously, it means, you know, it, you, you really wouldn't want to try doing a three-day gabs at Melbourne in during Good Beer Week if you had to do it outdoors only. Yeah, yeah. And look, that, look, actually, the other interesting thing was I saw a brewer, um, and I'm trying to think uh, it was a, a tweet, um, but it was one of the better-known brewers, um, I think Kieran Hazlitt Moore it may even have been, who was bemoaning the fact that, yes, it's the end of the year and we've sort of had our shutdowns, and but suddenly at the end of the year, everyone is doing beer festivals. 
um, and cramming it into such a short period over summer, which is already the brewer's busiest time. And it, it's a really hard, you know, whether you can also expand a beer festival into um, a very crowded time. Australia is a summer you know, economy in some ways. But then also, it's also the busiest time for brewers. And uh, that was one of the reasons why in um, back in the dark old days before the, the, the beer festivals, the little one that I did in Brisbane was in the middle of winter because brewers are sitting on their hands a little bit more. That's when they have time to attend festivals. And uh, also, it's a good time to activate brands for them. Yeah, it would be, it would be very interesting to say. And of course, we, uh, we wish them luck because... Um, I think it's a, a, a you know cards on the table. I've been involved since day one, um, and it's something that's very close to my heart in terms of you know being a part of it. But I, I'm lucky enough to be able to see uh, you know like the, the you know we talk about you know moo brews and you know like 15 years the breweries that you sort of you know were just oh Jesus tiny little brewery and then all of a sudden two gabs or three gabs later you know it's it, it's it's on everyone's lips and everyone wants their beer and and it's I, I think it's a really great showcase for um, the weird and the interesting. This will be a great opportunity, I think, to showcase you know the, those smaller breweries and, and perhaps some um, get back to the, the grassroots of um, you know the original brewers marketplace at Gabs was was so that you know people who didn't want to take a chance on the the wild and the fancy and the um, challenging um, could go and say oh I recognise that beer I'm, I'm just going to grab one of those um, so a great opportunity to showcase a, a core range. Mm. So we're back on that core range thing again, Matt. <laughs> just keeps popping up. Are you listening, brewers? Anyway, um, speaking of brewing, uh, there's a call out for breweries to host some brew days in 2021 for the Pink Boots Society. So uh, Pink Boots Australia is now welcoming expressions of interest from breweries who are keen to host a collaborative brew day for 2021. The Pink Boots team is looking at selecting one brewery per state for the brew days. Um, and these things are an invaluable opportunity for women to network, to learn, um, and also the funds raised through the beers uh, go towards scholarships and education. So during these nationwide brew days, brewers will be working with the Pink Boots Hop Blend, which is made up of Kashmir, Atnam, Citra, Laurel and Sabro branded hops, um, creating, not all together because it <laughs> might taste weird, but tropical, herbal, citrus and woody aromatic qualities. That's it. Yeah, that'd be cool. So um, get in touch. Yeah, yeah, get in touch. Um, we're writing an article today um, with the contact with all the contact details and stuff um, that you need to know. So look out on the Facebook page or social media or the site or your email for that. They are incredibly fun days, I can say, as someone who's been very oh, really? lucky have to have been? snuck in. I had to frock up. <laughs> um, but if Sam Fuss is anywhere near a collaborative brew day, you've got to be yeah. involved. Um, but look, it's, it really is. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun and it's, it's great to see. So if you want to get involved, get involved. One of the other stories, a DB to end Monteith's production at the Greymouth Home. Now, this is you know, our uh, New Zealand correspondent, uh, Michael Donaldson. Interesting story, DB's is proposing to close its Monteith small batch brewing operation in Greymouth on the west coast of the South Island. But rather than me tell you about it, I thought I'd catch up with uh, Michael. So th- this is going to be our first, uh, I-, 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 I don't know, I'll see if we can sort of bring in that crackly uh, satellite um, or the undersea cable and uh, catch up with Michael. Michael, welcome to Brews News Week for the first time. Oh, thanks very much for having me, Matt. It's a real pleasure. Mate, and thank you for uh, all of the stories you've been filing from New Zealand. It's uh, it, it, it's very exciting. But the thing that we wanted to talk about today is DB has announced its plans to uh, end production at its Grey uh, Greymouth home, and it's not the first time. No, no. 
uh, this is um, for a lot of New Zealanders, this really is deja vu all over again, to <laughs> quote Yogi Berra. Around 20 years ago, they they announced they were going to shut. Um, and it's you could call it an iconic brewery, Matt. It's, um, it's the sort of... Uh, the face of West Coast brewing, if you like. And the West Coast, for your Australian listeners who don't know it, it's kind of rugged, remote. Uh, history of coal mining and um, tree felling and all that kind of stuff. So it's, you know, it's a place for hard men kind and, of thing. Um, and, and this brewery is sort of integral to the Monteith story, isn't it? It's got a bit of a tort... Uh, and I'll refer everyone back to the article where you've uh, set it out, but it's got a bit of a tortuous story about how they dragged their own history back. But it's still a very important um, aspect of the Monteith story, isn't it, this Greymouth Brewery? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, in a nutshell, there was a guy called uh, Stuart Monteith, and, and his own backstory is really quite interesting. He... Um, he was running a, a brewery in the Otago gold mines, but wasn't paying his taxes. And then he, he the law was after him and he scarfed away um, from the deep south and ended up in a small place called Reefton on the west coast. Uh, sort of another gold mining, coal mining kind of area and set up a brewery there. Um, but it was never called Monteith's. It was called the Phoenix Brewery. Uh, which actually, as an aside, is the most common name for a brewery in New Zealand. And uh, I think it's because they all burnt down because they were made <laughs> of wood. And so they rebuilt them and called it Phoenix. Um, anyway, the um, so Monteith created this brewery, the Phoenix Brewery. And then there was, you know, post-First World War um, Depression era time, there was a lot of, I guess, amalgamation of breweries in New Zealand. And the Monteith's, a brewery went into a group called the Westland Breweries that took in a number of breweries on, on the coast there and they centralised um, in Greymouth um, and that was sort of in 1927 and DB took over that brewery in 1969 and it was called DB Westland Breweries back then and um, some sort of 20 or 30 years later they decided they needed to rebrand the whole thing and they, they looked in the history of it and they came up with the, the name Monteith um, and decided that they were going to call the brewery Monteith's. And so they kind of created this out of nothing in, in some ways. Um, there's a connection back to this history, but a lot of their marketing talks about, you know, Monteith's since 1868. Um, and it, it sort of makes it feel like there's a really rich history that they've been brewing there for 150 years. Um which is not quite true, but you know how marketing works. Um, <laughs> no, don't tell me they yeah. lie to us. No, no. <laughs> they just, they've, they've stretched the truth a little bit. Um, but so it's really integral to this. And, and Monteith's is a, is a huge, you know, and it's a big debate as to whether you call it craft beer. Um, you know, a little bit, it's, it's self-defining, isn't it? Um, DB call it a craft brand, but it's very much for a long time been a mainstream or gateway craft, you might call it. Um, in New Zealand, it's probably, you know, there are two. Each brewery has one max that Lion have and Monteith's that DB have are the, you know, the kind of fringe craft breweries. But, um, you know, they, they now produce a hazy IPA. Um, so, you know, they're with it. <laughs> and anyway, so, yeah, no, no, not long after they set it up in 1993, um, some eight years later, they said, no, nah, we're going to close this down now. And there was this complete outroar, uh, outrage and uproar in New Zealand. Um, 
seriously, there were there were protests and boycotts and people saying, you know, I'm never going to drink this stuff again and you've got to keep this brewery open. And, you know, DB listened to it and kind of went, mm, this is not a good look for us. In a, especially in a town, even though they, they didn't employ a lot of people at that brewery at the time, you know, they it, it was a, a small business compared to, say, the coal mining uh, industry. But, you know, just be seen to be doing away with jobs in a, in a kind of remote part in New Zealand and, and getting rid of a, a brewery that they built all this history on, um, created history on. Um, they kept it open and... Now, uh, a few years later, they huge investment in it, and it's actually a beautiful uh, place to go and visit. It's this um, what was a really run-down brewery. I was I visited there before it got revamped, and it was a real old rabbit warren of a place, and you know, but yeah, just a bit of a rust bucket brewery for one of a better term. And they invested four million dollars in it and created this sort of a tourist destination really um you know cathedral like building with big glass windows and wooden beams and the photos look very beautiful yeah yeah no it's a stunning place um and the the brewery is it's a tiny small batch brewery and they just do limited um runs there none of their mainstream beers come out of there because db owns uh two other breweries or two other production facilities, one in Auckland and one in Timaru, which is on the opposite side of the South Island from from Greymouth. And so most of the beer gets produced at those two um, larger production um, venues. And I think they only have seven people in the brewery in Greymouth. So they're going to keep the bar and the restaurant open, um, but do away with brewing. Um, Do you think that will hurt them? Because obviously there will still be that touch point with the brand that, the marketers will manage to uh, keep spinning the story. Do you think it'll actually hurt the brand to close down the brewing side? Look, you know, I my gut feeling is that the people who care about this are not drinking the beer anyway. Um, so I think a lot of people who, who might be drinking Montes, this this is the kind of news that might not get on their radar in the same way it did 20 years ago. Because you have to remember, 20 years ago, there wasn't really a craft um, brewing industry in New Zealand. There were a handful of small breweries like Emerson's. So Monteith was actually reasonably high profile as a as a small brewery, if you like, um, perceived small brewery. So the people's attention wasn't as widespread as it is now. And so they were the people who were starting the protests about it, were able to kick up quite a bit of a fuss. Whereas now, I think it's it's causing barely a ripple, um, so I think they will they will quietly um, just shut the brewing operation there and continue to tell the story on the basis that you know probably ninety nine percent of their customers won't notice. Um, I'm being cynical there, but I think I think that's uh, you know. Well, you just don't fit in with the rest of us if you're being cynical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, it's a, it, this is a it's a sort of another touch point story in New Zealand in some ways about the huge costs of freight, um, especially in the South Island. Um, and Greymouth is a really remote place. Like, if you're on the west coast of the South Island, um, you're a long way from anywhere, and there are very narrow, windy roads. Um, you know, it, it doesn't connect that easily to you know, the main centres where where this 
various ingredients and other um, bits and pieces are coming from. So it is hugely expensive. And that was one of the reasons cited initially when they decided to stop brewing there and then change their minds was the just the costs. And, and that's come back again. Um, and I think in a kind of a, especially with maybe tourism dropping off in that area as well, um, then probably not selling as much over that bar. So yeah, is you know, it's it, it's a shame, but it's a kind of a it's a New Zealand South Island specific story about freight costs as well. So, <laughs> but there yeah. is that bigger thing about brand and marketing and what it means versus business yeah. because they never talk yeah. about the business side in the marketing. Yeah, no, well that's <laughs> right. Um, and and there was in this in the story that um I did for you there, there was a quote from uh, one of the original protesters, a guy called Jerry Morris, um, who. You know, he said, how can they not brew in Greymouth but continue to trade on all the West Coast history? And and he's right. Like, it's, you know, it's it doesn't feel right to sort of say, you know, we have this rich history of brewing on, on the coast, which we've embellished a little bit, and but then to stop it um, and, and to continue to trade on it. So I'll be interested to see. They invest heavily in billboards and, you know, glossy magazine advertising. So it will be interesting to see how that... Um, story gets spun um it's a, it's a it's a these big breweries and big businesses can afford to tell the story they want to tell eh? exactly so mate thank you very much for your time and uh thank you for uh joining us and hopefully we'll get you as a regular new zealand correspondent oh happy to chat anytime as you can tell it's hard to shut me up <laughs> you'll fit right in <laughs> thanks matt there we go, guys. So, yeah, like that was. Some, I have to admit that it was something that I uh, recorded very, very quickly this morning. Uh, well, not too quickly, but wasn't <laughs> didn't get a chance to edit it down to the bits that we wanted. So we got the full uh, full story there. But I, I, I thought it was interesting, worth getting a uh, a little bit more of a look in as we've you know sort of discussed uh, Great Northern and uh, some of those brands where does having the grey mouth presence, um, you know, when, when you can still go and have a beer there, does it does it really really matter? Interesting also for our um, fitness fanatic listeners who are now thinking, if we're going to have Michael on uh, on a regular basis, I better start planning an hour and a half of jogging. <laughs> or we could just cut down the stories or, you know, I, I can cede some we, of my time to Michael. Yeah, a little bit of pre-planning. No, really interesting. And, and yeah, it's uh, it does go, go to show how the bigger the brewery gets, the it, it's one of two ways. They either like ignore their heritage altogether or, you know, pull it out of the box and, and blow the dust off it if people are looking for, you know, heritage all of a sudden yeah. or if they try to create some interest in heritage brand. Because it's, you know, you, you look at line in Australia, for example, where they are investing in a Umundi brewery that's got a brewer as well as um, Chris Sheehan sort of supervising. Um, and then you've got Townsville, you've got Byron Bay, although mm. Byron Bay is not brewing at the moment. You've got um, the Kosciuszko Brewery. Um, you know, you've got all of these little breweries that are having these little touch points even for a huge brewery uh, organisation, they are finding that it is important, you know, to, um, to because as we've discussed, you know, we can keep local alive, but what is local? And uh, unless you are in that, you know, very small people who care about definitions of craft, who care about definitions of independence and care about, um, you know, what local means, you can be local enough. And if I can see your brewery or if I drive past your brewery or I know that it's uh, you know a, a landmark in the city, 
that's local enough for me and uh, you know you can get the, all of the benefits whilst um, you know still being this huge multinational um, it, you know, a lot of people don't care about it so uh, yeah it'll be interesting to see how given there was such an uproar in 2000 when they first tried to close it um, whether there's an uproar and whether they care anymore yeah and interesting too um, and two things but uh, harking back to last week I did get a chance yesterday on my walk to listen to the chat with Peter Lawler, which I thought was terrific. And a couple of things that came out of that. One was, you know, that that whole concept of if you can't see our brewery, you know, talking about Marrickville and, and his his patch, um, if you can't see the brewery, then, you know, the, the beer's travelled too far kind of concept. But the other one that really tickled me, Matt, and I can't believe you didn't kind of pick up and pick it up and run with it, although it was towards the end of the, the chat, was um, planning to catch up with Peter when next time he's in Brisbane and for him to say, Oh, I used to. I used to always go to archive, but I've I've found that it's got a bit too enthusiastic, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was just a beautiful. And it does show, I guess, how how you know as as some venues grow, they do take on a, a very different sort of persona based on you know uh, what what keeps the till ticking over, I guess. Um, which brings us to. Um, now, we don't anything about labelling. We didn't really do any labelling stories today, did we? Well, what's Monteith going to do? Like when they're no longer brewing, you know, are they still going to have grey moth? <laughs> if, if they've still got grey moth, you know, uh, on their thing, how, how would they, I, I, you know, I, I don't know if New Zealand um, has the sort of solutions that we lucky people have in Australia. Perhaps, Matt, if they, um, the New, if there's a New Zealand equivalent of ABAC and they say, oh, look, we're a bit concerned about you putting grey mouth and the little map of grey mouth on the, on the back of your packaging, they might say, well, we'll just get a shrink wrap sleeve, for example, um, with a new, with saying, you know, not really brewed here or, you know, <laughs> a, an arrow that goes right around the can four times and, and goes back to the, the large New Zealand city that they are, are now brewing it in. Um, and they could do worse, Matt, than to contact Rowling's label stickers and packaging. You'll need to put 6-1 in front of the phone number if if you are calling from New Zealand. Um, but they're not only able to supply labels for your cans or your bottles, but they can also supply printed or blank cartons, can trays, tap decals, uh, barcodes, shrink sleeves, already applied to empty beer cans, ready for filling. What was that? Ready for filling. I know, unbelievable. <laughs> the guys often get asked, where would the brewery buy a shrink sleeving machine to apply the sleeves to the cans and, and where am I going to put it? But this is not the case. It's not necessary. The cans come to your door, palletized and ready to fill. Nothing more to do. Did you hear that? Nothing more to do. Give them a call, uh, the guys at Rowling's Label Stickers and Packaging on 1300 852 to discuss further. Seamless. Uh, and now it's time to dive elbow deep into the mailbag. Uh, now, don't forget all of our uh, commenters, emailers, letter writers, uh, smoke signal senders, whatever you want to do, um, if you get in touch with us, you will receive a Deb Lou Bakes cookie and a bottle of free plonk. Uh, what is it, Matt? Hot water. Hop water, um, yeah. So, so the hop water, which is yeah, just yeah, um, and that, and uh, yeah, unfortunately, is that, is that happening or is it in the in the works? Uh, it, it'll be coming. Um, yeah, so I, I understand. Yeah, so if you get first... if you get a, a hand licked, stamped label uh, from Matt, perhaps don't open it for, or touch it for two weeks. Um, <laughs> but uh, if you get it through normal channels, you should be okay. Unfortunately, uh, we can't offer one of our um, our, our exclusive beer as a conversation guest only uh, Yeti Rambler mugs. Oh, you obviously haven't heard the end of the podcast, Pete, because uh, I, I dropped that one in there. Yeah, something that we can give our uh, all of our beers of conversation podcast, guests. Matt, I don't listen to it. 
Um, <laughs> well, it was right at the end. It was a bit of a Christmas. I wanted to see if anyone sort of commented on it um, because we, yeah, we've uh, Yadley who have been doing some advertising. Again, they said, look, I really love the, the, the podcast. Um, Clay listens to the podcast. G'day, Clay. Um, really love the, the, the podcast. And we, we don't want to sort of, you know, do anything, but is there anything we can do with you in, in addition? I said, you know, it's a very checklist. I've said, look, I'd love to give our guests, you know, the, the old, um, you know, Tonight Show, and they've always got a branded coffee cup. And I was thinking that, yeah, um, yeah so a, a Rambler mug, beautiful for camping, keeping your, your beer cold. This isn't a paid plug, um, I need to no, say. No. It's uh, really awesome merch. As uh, our former producer, Lock, producer Lockie, described uh, um, Yeti as the, um, the, the, the apple of coolers. Um, so I thought that was pretty hot. Can I play. just say, Yeti, the absolute, by far the best um, coolers, eskies. You know, I know it's not called an esky, but you know, a chiller, a chiller, a chili bun, chili bun. Um, absolutely, one hundred, the best. Oh, there you go. Okay, so so you know the brand again. It was yeah. just one of those things that you know, and they uh, wanted. Again, I have to stress, this is very organic um, because they, they are awesome. But uh, yeah, no, no, Dave, Dave Mad Dog Myers at, uh, over at Bolter, um, they picked up a few, and he uses it for um, uh, beer festivals that I do a lot with him. But also right. taking samples around and that sort of thing. He said, I, I can I can have stock in the car for three days, uh, open it up, boom, still as chilled as when I put it in. There you go. So there is no greater endorsement than that. So being a vacuum flask mug, and my address, and my address. Sorry, go on, go on, Matt. Well, I've got to send you some because you'll be out doing some um, beer podcasts soon, some beers of conversation. So you'll be able to present them uh, to to your guests at the end. I will now that the velvet curtain has been lifted. Mm. Anyway, but that's enough of that. But anyway, all letter writers will receive. Deb Lou Bakes Cookie and go into the draw to win a mix six pack. Thanks to our very good friends at Beer Cartel who sponsor our letter of the week. And don't forget, you can also do all those things on social. Like, let people know. If you like the podcast, then, you know, let other people know. It costs you nothing. Takes a couple of minutes of your time. Uh, review us on iTunes. Um, and then um, send us in an email or comment on our Facebook group. Um, Facebook group, which is pretty much just related to, you know, if you listen to the podcast, you'll love the Facebook group because we we do a bit more deep diving and uh, a bit more waffling. Um, and a lot of our contributors uh, are very brief and to the point, unlike us. Uh, just search Radio <laughs> Bridge News and use the, soap, uh, the soap, soapbox password. One this week from a new listener, Claire. Yeah, that, and this is why I included it, because I wanted to say, hi, David. Lovely to, lovely, lovely to have you on board. Um, and so David said on the Facebook group, hi, I'm new to the group. Are most people working here in the beer and brewing industry? And what was really interesting about that is the roll call that came after it. And I did not realise how many people, like had such a mix of people we had um, on the Facebook group. All sorts of people working in bars, working in hospo, um, working in breweries and just massive beer fans. Um, so, yeah, hi, everyone. And, uh, yeah, thanks for that, David. We're up over 500 members. And that's it's not about the membership. It's more about the engagement. Because when we first we said, oh, look, yeah, maybe nobody will want to do anything, or maybe it, it, it won't attract a single person other than ourselves. Um, so it, it's nice that it's it's grown to a group, but it hasn't kind of exploded. So it's not a thing about oh, you know, about getting likes or shares or or, or spreading it around. It's more about hey, I think you'd be really interested in this, and people are inviting people who they think might benefit from it. Yeah, you know, again, because I spent so much time on social media, you know, like you, you just need to shut down. But so you don't you don't see everything. And we have this hive of people who, you know, because they're beer enthusiasts, because they're industry, they are sharing things with us um, and the, the the rest of the group um, that we can then pick up and you know develop stories from. So yeah, so like it's it, it, 
it, it was really nice to see people responding because it's not the sort of thing. And I've actually said to Joe, look, we, we're not one of those Facebook groups that, you know, um, check in on Monday, you know, as awesome as they are and they build their communities around and, you know, they're an awesome place in their own way. That's not us. So, it, you know, so um, it was it was really cool um, to, to... And more importantly, Matt, it's it, it, we said right from the start we didn't want it to be about driving traffic to the podcast it's it's more the other way around that if you enjoy the podcast and you love the the stuff that we talk about and the way we talk about it and and the the detail that we get into um and it's not about beer reviews or venue reviews and that sort of thing if you like that sort of stuff then the facebook group will give you that you know if you've got uh, 10 minutes in your day to catch up on um you know what's been you know followed up Mm. on the stories rather than it working the other way around, which is very important to us. Yeah, so David, uh, congratulations. Thank you. Um, and thank you for sparking a discussion that we wouldn't have discussed, uh, you know, sparked either, which is one of those nice organic things um, that, that we encourage. You know, we want people to, you know... Love it. Love yeah, it when they're... Not encourage them. But that said, um, David will be in line. You know, it was just such a... a, a you know, not that he said anything. It was just a, a nice little contribution. And uh, so he'll be getting a prize back this week. So David... If you're listening, which no doubt you are, um, shoot us through your postal address to producer at bruisenews.com.au and we will get uh, a, a pack that includes some of that hot water, but not a Yeti mug. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, I, I want to make just, them seem really exclusive. Yeah, <laughs> so, but it'll come... It. Yeah, just to clarify, it won't come in um, uh, those really excellent Yeti coolers, of which I speak so highly, will I? <laughs> It'll just so you'll need to chill it yourself when you get there. But if you had one of those, I'll tell you what, you would change your life. It would. I've got people, Pete. I, I, I know people. I'll see what I can do. Claire, one from uh, Evan O'Brien on the Facebook group, which is a, a yeah. good follow up. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, Evan says, Hey guys, I do like the idea of a Christmas Eve live kind of show, but if there are any like me, uh, that, that night's a family night apparently so what about christmas eve eve bruce news party has a nice ring to it too it does great idea and and evan pointed out and it's similar to us that um you know we rather than try to cram um everything all the celebrations into christmas lunch or christmas dinner or going from one place to the other christmas dinner and then christmas lunch the other way around um we split ours christmas eve and so when we said it last week I didn't even realise that I won't be available, Matt. So Christmas Eve, Eve. Christmas Eve, Eve it is. And we've had um, you know, listeners from breweries, uh, again, because we have this wide range of, uh, you know, so say, hey, do you want to do it in our brewery? And because Pete's probably not going to be able to travel, I don't think we'll uh, do a get-together one. So we were just envisaging uh, a, a live um, version of this that you guys can, because we'll open the phone lines and actually uh, take some calls. Um, but we'll just be sitting around having a couple of beers and uh, seeing out the year that was yep and before we wrap this up smack it on the rump and put it back in the stable for the week claire we have one more from Mm -hmm. uh, croydon cook in the facebook group do yeah he says just finished listening to the chat with adam gibb from white brick brewing uh, which closed early this year i can't imagine how disheartening it would be to have to shut down your brewery coming from the sunshine coast north lakes is only just down the road i find it difficult to comprehend it not working out but i guess with so much uncertainty at the time adam may have seen no other course on a lighter note, it's good to hear that he does get to give it one last hurrah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. Uh, I remember speaking to Adam when it did actually close down quite early on in, in COVID and he was like, I just can't do it anymore. I'm knackered. Um, I'm tired. I don't get to spend any time with my family. Um, and now just seemed like the good time um, to do it. And I believe that's the same sort of thing he said in, in your um, chat, Matt. Yeah, look, you know, these, these Adam was very forthcoming, but, you know, like you... 
they're hard things to talk about, and I think he's mm-hmm. had some time um, since it's closed. He's sort of worked through a few things, and so some of the things he said when it was fresh, um, he's now um, sort of looking at it post um, and mm-hmm. and things like that. So but, more you know, philosophically, yeah, a little bit more philosophically, which was why you know again, like you, yeah, I. I didn't want to sort of get him in the heat of the moment because you'd, you'd it, it's a hard thing to talk about. But it was a, look, it was a really interesting chat where you do talk about, you know, some of the some of the he there was a guy who was going to open a pizza shop that was going to stock his beer, so he'd factored that into his decisions. And then, you know, but the the, the guy who has absolutely no stake in the brewery suddenly goes, "No, nah, look, I'm not going to do that." And straight away before it opened, given he'd based the size of the brewery on a certain thing. That thing mm-hmm. was no longer there, and those are little things that you, um, you know, that, that you you need to factor in when you're budgeting and and, and those sorts of things. Um, yeah, you know, it, it was a great chat, really interesting. I really appreciate him. I appreciate Adam for talking about it. And uh, actually, Pete, that was. Did you see in the comments about? Um, the, the the check-in, um, David Pegg's check-in that uh, somebody chimed in. Sorry, I, I can't remember who it is offhand, but I've said, you know, dreamt about owning a brewery, but, well, you know why I didn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Another one on our tally, Mark. We could have a massive Christmas party if we just invited every potential brewer who either um, decided not to go brewing <laughs> as a result of listening to, to our chats with our guests or completely pivoted and uh, it did a 180 and, and um, changed course. Send us uh, 1% of the debt that you saved yourselves <laughs> and we'll sort of invest in our... You know. We'll buy brew shares. Um, but actually, funnily enough, even uh, Sam, our, um, you know, Sam, who's the silent part of the team, um, and he's literally silent in the office by and large as well. But we were talking about it this week, um, you know, about breweries and he uh, sort of said, oh, you know, look, I've given up my idea of... Uh, uh, opening a brewery as well and you know he, he long held a dream and he was working in around the industry and uh he, he, he oh just... matt what? <laughs> i'd have loved it if sam did one he could call it we are the dream killers <laughs> he is an award-winning home brewer but he said you know like the, the longer i've been in the industry and listening to the conversations in brews news and the the things that we hear i did realize that you know the times that i reflected on wouldn't it be awesome to open a brewery and own a brewery with a day, you know, the Saturday afternoons when I was sitting there with it, you know, drinking a homebrew, watching the football with that little buzz on, <laughs> thinking how awesome the world is. And he was <laughs> conflating it, the enjoyment of beer um, with shit, wouldn't it be good if my entire livelihood and my mortgage and, you know, every waking moment was... completely was, tethered yeah, to yeah, this yeah. moment. Absolutely not. And that's no what way. I call the cheers moment, you know, like that thing where you sort of, that's where you visualise sharing your beers with a band of lovable regulars. Um, <laughs> and unfortunately, that's quite, not quite... Don't, don't have that picture um, if you're thinking of uh, investing, you know, your life savings and opening a brewery. And uh, yeah. yes, just just imagine just imagine that your your ideal your dream brewery is ten feet in front of you, and all you have to do to open the door and start making bucket loads of cash is to move seven hundred thousand solid cast iron boxes filled with <laughs> paperwork and uh, applications and, and government red tape, green tape, blue tape, any tape you can think of. Um, and then that might put a bit of a, a reality check on your uh, your dreams. But uh, that was one of the lovely things that Adam said. You know, he sort of said, you know, you can keep telling your children something, 
But and I, I don't think he quite put it this way. But you know, sooner or later they're going to burn their hand on the stove, and that's how they learn. Now we must away. Um, Matt, we we'll, won't see you tonight, but we'll see you. Well, we'll. I'll be watching. See, but you, you, watching you, the Indies. You, you'll see so a very you're, brief you're a appearance. Member, is there a link? Is there a have we got something? Because the show oh. notes, obviously, we well, I, busted, I suspect that no one will be listening to this tonight because they'll all be watching yeah. the Indies. Um, so yeah, so good luck to everyone with a uh, with a dog in the fight. Mm-hmm. Or a horse in the race. Um, and uh, well done to Chev and the crew, Kate and uh, Luke and everyone over there at uh, Good Beer Week slash IBA uh, who have made this possible. Um, without them, yeah, it would have been another awardless um, season. So well done to them. Thanks also to Crime Alt, to Rellings, Labels, Stickers and Packaging and to our good friends at Beer Cartel who make all of this possible. Thanks to you, Matt. Thank you, Pete. No worries, mate. Have a good weekend. And look, if you need um, anything, I've got a mate up there who's got a drone. So if you need us to drop anything uh, in your backyard <laughs> for you um, while you're in isolation. Well, funnily enough, um, my Woolworths, I just realised that my Woolworths delivery hasn't turned up. So um, I, I didn't hear the buzzer. So Well, down here it's very – like they'll send you a text or a, an email uh, when it's in the queue. And it's usually um, very timely. Like we've never had one that's been early or late. So whenever okay. they tell you it's coming, it's it's usually there. It'll be here so, any minute. Yeah, it could be. Um, and thank you very much to you, Claire. Oh, thank you very much. Cheers, Pete. Good luck Cheers having much. the run of the office and doing whatever you want. <laughs> well, <laughs> I can't though because um, – Well, the big dog's in. away. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I've got to behave myself. Well, don't forget, she can't she can't contact Dad, you know, for two weeks either. How, how long are you down for, Matt? Like, uh, just on Monday. You... It was two weeks from oh, Monday oh, back. So, yeah, it's, it's oh, only from, from Monday. Back. So, yeah, no, oh, it's, okay. um, it, that, 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 yeah, it's, it's an Lucky inconvenience, bad. but, you know. And again, uh, shout out, yeah, thinking of you, all of our friends in, in South Australia. Um, stay strong. Uh, and to the rest of you, thank you very much for listening. Until next week, I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and drink fresh, drink local, drink independent, if that matters. Wash your damn hands and look after each other. And we'll see you all again for next week's Brews News Week. And we're out. Boom. Oh, yeah, it's kind of a phoned-in boom, like literally. (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget, if you like what we do here at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You'll find details in the show notes. You can also review us on iTunes or whatever your favourite podcasting service happens to be. Let us know what you think and help others find and discover our shows. Finally, you can tell us what you think about what's going on in the beer industry by emailing us at producer at brewsnews.com.au. 